Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. We're back today with a kind of a YOLO little episode here. We're calling it a May We Meet Again, the 100 episode, because we miss it so much. It's the whole squad. We got Luke, Jimmy, B-Toms, Kyle, and me. It's been a few weeks since the finale dropped, and we've had some time to think. We're going to talk about the entire series at this point. <laughs> we've had a couple weeks to digest this ending. Has anyone flipped on their opinion of the show as a whole? Has anyone gotten made their opinion stronger? What are you if, thinking? I would say, if anything, my opinion is stronger. My opinion that I didn't like the fact that the transcending and all the, the way it went super supernatural. Super yeah. sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, just preparing for this, preparing in air quotes for this episode, <laughs> just like looking through and like watching all the trailers for all the seasons, like reading character wikis and stuff. It's just the seasons two through four and the meat of the story happening like on the ground and all of the inner fighting between the clans and stuff was so fucking money that like looking back at that stuff compared to how we ended season seven is kind of like, uh yeah, I honestly think that I was watching it because I love. I was so upset that it was ending, and I just loved the hundred. I was watching it with those beer goggles, where you're just like, "Oh, it's better than." And I, I honestly, definitely think it's a stronger opinion that it's. So wasn't. you've soured on it while yeah. you've been so, I still, in it. I still like the way they ended it based on what they how they wrote themselves into that corner. But I still don't like any about anything with the transcendence. And yeah, I was okay. I, I'm still satisfied with the ending, and I was okay with the transcendence just because most of the conflict for these people, something the hundred has always done really well, is kind of towing the line between sci-fi and just really futuristic tech kind of stuff. And most of the conflict could be solved by their resourcefulness and their techie stuff. But I think this was end game, end game. This was series finale. They almost needed to bring in that that supernatural element to overcome our heroes. You know, this was, they couldn't do anything about it. They were either transcending or dying. Like mm -hmm. that is what it took to end the show. So I was okay with it. It felt a little forced for sure, but right. I have also always been understanding of the situation that they were put in and yeah. I'm satisfied with how they pulled it together. So that yeah. that's my thoughts on I, the conclusion. And I'm still pretty satisfied. I definitely agree that they, they had a situation they just couldn't deal with. But at the same time, I, I also know that the transcendence thing was going to be this the plot anyway. So that's still mm -hmm. my problem, you know? I think plot-wise, the show does go pretty zero to 100 in a bad way. Where we're Just like you're saying, it didn't feel that transcendence was earned because it would, the seeds weren't, if the seeds of transcendence were planted back in season one or two, mm -hmm. we would not even be having this conversation. Oh, yeah. Right. So I like to focus on how I think about the ending of the show in terms of character arcs. And when I think about it like that, I'm so satisfied with pretty much yeah. everyone except for Clark. Bellamy. I would say Ooh. Clark. Yeah. Wait, I say Clark. Clark had an okay. Sure. But definitely seven. not Bellamy, right? You're not saying. Oh, Bellamy's trash. Yeah, but okay. I'm saying Be Clark is also Bellamy is fully trash. Like, but that's not the writer's fault. Clark makes me think, okay, Brian's you, looking at me. Well, weird. I'm just saying you got to that conclusion that sh you weren't satisfied with Clark very quickly. Like, what are your huge gripes with Clark's? So ending? let me just bring it back real quick. So the CW is really good at dropping seasons the minute they're done. So season seven dropped on Netflix a week after everything concluded. Now, I guess Netflix, one, it's new to Netflix that season. Two, 
it knows I watched the hundred. So every time I go on Netflix, it's the trailer that pops up and it's always Clark and Finn. We didn't make it to Mount Weather. (laughs) Exactly. And it's just so like, it's so classic nostalgic the hundred and it makes me go. That's not the Clark. I know like total assassination of her character throughout season seven. And I I really don't, think it was the writer's fault for either of those characters it, that finn trailer that you're talking about where he's talking about mount weather it, it goes back to what i was saying about the plot where, where pretty much nothing on earth that ever happened mattered. ever mattered <laughs> yeah. because it all yeah. came down to transcendence yeah and i guess that's probably where and, your biggest and the crazy is. thing about it is that bill quote unquote knew about it even in like the prequel times or or almost around the prequel times so what is the point ever of anything and now we're going to get a prequel. What's the point? Yeah, of that? <laughs> that's a good point, too, when you're saying that Bill knew about it, because you could also say that Callie knew about it. And it's I guess it's odd that there was no was there any grounder lore throughout while we were on the ground well, about well, it at all? Only Shade Hata says I saw the anomaly in my head because of having this flame. Okay, wait, question. They never brought up transcendence while they were still on Earth. Like, Bill didn't know... No, that's what I'm saying. You said that. Oh, oh, you're talking about Bill. I'm saying Bill, call me Bill, did not know that transcendence was the end game while they were on Earth. Like, when they were still trying to figure out the anomaly stone, Becca figuring that out, Bill had no idea what that anomaly stone was going to do until Becca was like, yo, your girl Becca's here. I'm going to I'm going to click, yeah, click, but- click, click, clack, clack and whatever it might be. Yeah, but the point is, at whatever moment, it's the time, you know, say it's the moment that Judgment Day is shown by Becca. That's still before the prequel. So anything from that moment on doesn't matter because Bill was tech, quote unquote, right the whole time. True. Transcendence is the only thing that matters. I just want to say that Callie did not know about transcendence. No, I don't think. No, I agree. Yeah. It's definitely upsetting, but. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say again, Clark let's, was yeah, let's focus on my, Clark. without a doubt. So, so something that the Binchtown crew did before we started a podcast was we did top 10 shows, top 10 characters from those shows favorite episode. We just did kind of an exercise before when we didn't even know what we were going to do as a podcast. And I recently sent that to a friend who watched The 100 and she goes, Clark's your favorite? Because she was my lit before season seven. Clark was my 100% favorite character. She was like, what the fuck? And she's like a Raven stand, So whatever. But and who is we all? (laughs) I'm like, come on. But Clark really was so solid. One through six faltered a little in five. But I I will die (laughs) on the on the hill that Clark is incredible. Like taking off until seven. I can't get behind most of the things Clark did in seven, but I, I just want to keep reiterating. I love her so much. <laughs> She's the lever puller and however yeah. they make her get there in each season, they get her there. So yeah. I like to just think of it simply that that's, that's her goal. She, she, she bears it. So they she don't bears have it, to baby. And it's sloppy how they get there in some seasons, especially I was not a personal fan of how they, assassinated her character to only be revolved around Maddie all the way back in season five. That was the first time Clark ever really pissed me off. I forgave her by the end of season five and season six ish because that became her character. But I go so back and forth because even at the end, of, I felt better about Clark at the end of season seven than I did at the, than I did through season five. If they would have had her not kill Bellamy, I would have been fine with Clark this season. I think they destroyed her character by having her kill Bellamy. And now that, and is that more the writing or is that, again, 
can we link that back to Bellamy's act? Or I mean, Bob Morley actually was on an Instagram live that was posted on Instagram where he said that him and Eliza Taylor agree that her character was screwed by that situation. Really? He did. Mm-hmm. It was in like some kind of like charity cameo thing. Wait, by what situation exactly? That she killed Bellamy. Oh. Uh. Well, if they say it, I agree. <laughs> it's also crazy when you think when people were saying that, what's it like the start of season six and the end of season seven is like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. For the, the characters. Timeline, the timeline there. Yeah. So the, literally Let's talk about that. Bob is pumping her, pumping her heart or whatever it is, keeping her alive saying, oh my God, I need you. I need you. And then two weeks later, she's like, screw you, bro. Yeah, exactly. It's just when you think of it in the time that actually you know, goes by except with the acceptance of, or the exception rather of, you know, Octavia, Dioza, Echo, Hope, Gabriel, because they yeah. spent time on penance. Like it's been two weeks. Well, Bellamy spent the Etheria time. Yeah, Bellamy spent. Yeah, I mean, on besides Octavia, still, I mean, uh, okay, but even that. but Clark's the one who does the action. Yeah, Clark's the one who does the action. You're 100% and she right. she was on Bardo for a little bit, so you know maybe a she's month. like, give me that book, and he's like, no, and she shoots him, and she goes, I did everything I could. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's I would I would argue that what season is it that he's trying to let people in and Four. the bunker. Yeah, or appear under the bunker. She's got this. It's the same exact scenario almost, where she's got the gun. And he's like, "You won't shoot me," and then she starts crying and she doesn't shoot him. I hate Bellamy, man. <laughs> well, because Kathleen, what you said a little bit like five minutes ago when you said Clark was your favorite character before season seven, he Bellamy was my favorite character before season seven. Yeah, and I'm a huge Murphy and Raven fan, mm-hmm. yeah. but Bellamy was on fire at the end of that season, in my opinion. He was the leader of the group outside of making the big ass decisions with Clark, like co-leader of the group, he was just, he felt he's the heart, right? He mm-hmm. felt yeah. not like the moral compass, but close to the moral compass. And I just, I fucking love that dude. And he just said, he just let me down so much. I mean, during the rewatch, I love Bellamy even more. Like you're saying, Bellamy just, he's just so good. He has the blip with Pike, yeah. but that's it. it. Literally, it's only... If his stock was the fucking Amazon, like it's <laughs> a little flip early going, but then other than that, just to the moon, man. Yeah. Well, now that you mentioned the the blip with Pike, I hate Pike, but I like Pike's character. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through uh, quotes that they had saved, and one of the quotes they have saved from him is him and Bellamy talking. And what Pike says doesn't matter, but Bellamy says to him that I wanted to see things like you. I needed that to believe that they were bad and we were good. I don't know what to believe anymore. And that's mm-hmm. literally exactly what Echo says about him after he's dead. It's like Billy, when he was, he's still searching for Damn. that, you know, yeah. how to come to terms with all the shit that they've done. So his character never even got a conclusion on that. See, I, guess. I like that though, because for a while, and I still kind of say, I wish they fleshed out Echo and Bellamy a little bit more, but I like that she knew that internal struggle of him. I think that's yeah. well done. Because honestly, they didn't give us enough of those two and their and their relationship building for me. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with that. But I will say, and we've been saying it. This is this is the broken record of Binge Down TV. The lack of Bellamy and Clark gave us these fucking deep bench characters that we just fell in absolute love with. Whether it was. Murphy rising to the occasion and becoming the top, top boy, even though he was already a top, top boy in personality. <laughs> now he's like a top, top boy in, in the whole thing. 
Top, 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 boy. top, top, boy. But all the all the characters that came in in six and seven that were not even fucking characters are our entire series just blew everyone out of the water and, and really held their own in the argument of should it have ended at five or seven? I would never give away our season six and seven characters. Gabriel, Josephine, Hope, the redemption of Dioza, all of it. It's just that love. was an answer that I gave that I knew I was fighting an uphill battle. I knew I wasn't going to be able to convince you guys that season six and seven weren't worth it because we got J.R. Bourne, who was fantastic. We got Sarah Thompson, who was fantastic as Josephine. We got so much good shit. We loved the beginning of season seven was fucking fire like we yeah. were mind blown at the science that they were getting into the concepts how they were giving us specific details about the time dilation all Amazing. that shit was so good that's my level of sci. that's my sci-fi i love it but they just didn't stick science, the landing not god like please. they yeah. didn't <laughs> they just they ruined some characters that were more important to me than having those two seasons being Clark and Bellamy. Like they got ruined True. at the expense of six and seven. It's hard to say because I really don't want to give up six and seven, but I do technically think the season five is the better series finale. Exactly. See, I think five is one of my least favorite seasons in general. So I think that that would be ass for me. I think five is better on the, the binge rewatch. I watched 1000%. I thought bitches quarantine hits. First thing I did was rewatch seven seasons of the hundred in like 12 days. My so. first, <laughs> my first watch through, I definitely thought five was the worst season. And that was yeah. because probably you're watching a week to week, right? A thousand percent. Yeah. That was the first season I caught up yeah, to exactly, watch it week too. to week. But when you binge it again, I love Dioz's character so yeah. much. She's phenomenal in that season. Clark sucks. Octavia sucks. Yeah. So I guess that's part of it. Bellamy's Ooh. good Bellamy in that. Like, he's prime Bellamy. Octavia does suck for so long. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. I, haven't I did not think she was going to get re-watch. redeemed. We were talking about that on the preview for season seven. Like, how that's is she going to get redeemed? one of the best things season seven did was yes. it resolved Episode that. Episode two. Her, it resolved her redemption so perfectly and so quickly and her ending was fantastic with the with all of that happening early in the season i remember talking about octavia in our season six review that we released before we started with episode one of season seven and we were talking about this how is she going to get that redemption if at all maybe she'll just die the bad guy you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and like bellamy oh my gosh (laughs) and like harvey dent (laughs) yeah for real two-faced live long enough to become the villain maybe Either die here or live long enough to become a villain. Thank you. That's the beginning part of so, what I tried to do. While we're kind of going through this theme, we should probably just talk about the the ending arcs of some of our main characters. So we kind of already covered Clark enough. And we were just touching on Octavia. If anyone wants to chime in and say about her completed arc, because I think she's another, she's probably a top, I would say three main character. I'm just happy that she's happy. Right. I agree. She found love. She found her purpose. Yeah, for real, for real. The hundred universe is the most hopeless place of all time. Truly, finally, one of her lovers makes it out alive. He broke the curse. Our boy Levitt. Our boy Jason. Yeah, Levitt's a good man. She, you know, played such a pivotal role in bringing the human race towards you know this higher step and letting them go towards this universal con consciousness and kind of ending all of the fighting that has been such a struggle for her since season one you know picking a side and doing the things that she did to survive and all that stuff so i'm just happy at this point that she's happy with that speech right is what you're saying yeah 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 yeah. she i'm so happy that they put that in there because honestly it felt like there wasn't really a place for octavia in the final season 
after roughly episode two and three, like the, the Pennant Skyring episode, and that made her relevant and it made her feel like a main character again. So that speech was one of the highlights of the finale for me. So we said in, in an early Bardo Pennant episode, it was, it was mostly Pennant's, we said it was kind of like a magician's montage and, and Octavian Dioza and Hope are growing up and, and going through this montage. And it's really crazy to me because for me, and like Luke said, going into season seven in the preview episode, we're like, is Octavia going to be able to redeem herself? For me, her redemption almost wrapped itself up on this montage leading into the speech and the written note in the bottle that she throws in, which evidently gets her and Dioza captured. But she really, at least for her own personal journey, I mean, there's a difference between a personal journey and then having everyone else kind of believe in you as your redemption. So obviously Dioza had had been on her side for a while, but Octavia's personal redemption, I believed in her that she was a better person with the bottle. It came full circle in the finale, and I loved that goddamn speech. But I'm glad that she got to kind of have those Clark moments, have that echo moment, even though people didn't really like the mm-hmm. Octavia echo moment. I don't know. I I think they did it so perfectly. They might have done Clark and Bellamy dirty, but Octavia, Murphy, these these other Raven, these other main ones, I still think Raven could have gotten a little bit more of her own storyline, which we'll get to. Yeah. But those three, I mean... They might have done other people dirty, but I mean, they did not do them dirty. Maybe the worst, like indirect effect of Bellamy not being in this season really was that the Blakes didn't get a complete yeah ending. Their ending was Bellamy sandbagging them, yeah, right in like what was so that was when he sends Clark to MCAP and and Octavia is like brother no yeah. <laughs> Like blood thicker than water, James. A lot of people. I would never send you down. I'm sure I haven't read the books. I can't believe none of us have even attempted to read the books. But I think the books, like the Blakes, are it. Like they're the main storyline because Clark and and Bellamy are more linked. Like Belark is a legitimate thing in the books. So yeah. I like to consider that a little bit more closely tied than the show. So I think like the Blakes or the spine of the book. I mean, I would argue that up until season seven, they, they were in the show for the most, like not the spine, but yeah. they were definitely a huge part. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on from Octavia. I just want to say that she is, her and Lever are the only people that have sex this season, right? Uh, in multiple seasons, besides Murphy and Amore, we know they begin. Well, constantly. well, Clark gave a little money to the In the beginning of, of season six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the beginning of season six. Yeah. Oh. Gave a little but money. Season but season seven... Octavia is the only one, and by extension, Levitt. She's the only one that has sex, right? Well, Jordan was trying. What a his season best, for her! Right? True. Jordan was trying his best, and he got cock blocked. So many. He's not a closer like his dad. Yeah. How right? much did that Children of Gabriel dude miss out by not just just being chill? He could have been yeah. Clark for the rest of yeah, right. eternity. God. Damn. I like to assume that Murphy and Amori have the healthiest sex life of all time. They are just banging like fucking bunnies. All Definitely. The time. John Murphy is definitely an unselfish lover. You know what's funny? <laughs> oh, he's selfish, bro. I not in the bedroom. <laughs> I started watching. Okay, so in season seven, I had this weird thought, and it's this: I think Murphy smells so good. <laughs> what, what the fuck? I was like, he probably smells. Dude, the people. Dude, none 100. of them smell good. Yeah, I was gonna say the people in the no, hundred until season you know seven what it probably was? smelled like major it was shit. The, it was the 
It was the scene in the mind space with Murphy and Amori when he's got that good haircut. They're like at the <laughs> desert, whatever. And I was like, Murphy probably smells so good. Yeah, maybe right there By in the mind space. Richard Harmon. But then I started watching an earlier episode for Shakes the other day and he's like got dreads. And I was like, okay, he's fucking disgusting. In well, this. he was, yeah. But I, mean, I have a all... note in an earlier one of my word documents that just goes, Murphy smells good. And I never said it out loud. I have no idea why. I must have missed it. I'm shocked that those words just came out. Yeah, can we mute her mic for the next five minutes? Put her in time out. No, we're going to stay on this topic, though. Not not Murphy's smell. (laughs) We should just talk about Murphy and Amori's ending because I am pretty satisfied with it. I don't know. It was weird that they wanted to go the route where if you're in the mind drive, you still transcend, especially when it came to Amori. It's a cool concept because I I just don't really know how that that just feels like they were trying to make an ending that was going to be relatively happy, even happier when those two that dying together would have been good enough for me. Yeah, I didn't need to come back. I I'm glad they did. I know. I mean, if they they transcend it, they needed to come back. Listen, but I meant that they didn't need to transcend. Listen, once you go the transcendence route, I just think that you might as well just give us the happy ending because you're already screwing us over a little bit with this freaking plot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I thought it was a good way to keep the mind drives relevant and to see season seven because they really only had a beefy plot point to play in season six, but they were relevant right till the end. And I think like the laws of it check out you know the physics of the universe like yeah if you're in the living body you should be able to transcend yeah I but guess. amori wasn't in a living body well she was in she, she was, was in, in murphy's living yeah. body yeah that's but... the whole thing also that gave us they, like, the wonderful richard Harmon performance yeah overlooking yeah. amori's dead body yeah i just i still think that there is an argument that and i i don't know i think that this is an argument that doesn't need to be said and I'm fine with it. But how he's going to say it but anyway. But I'm going to say it anyway. Like, <laughs> I still think that there should be thought to the fact that Murphy and Amori chose to come back. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you, Jimmy. I just think that their entire arc was to survive and to not die and go to hell and that was their one-way ticket and they didn't and take it. And be together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I talked about this yeah, on the you- finale episode how that would have been completely contradictory to what I think Murphy's character arc was supposed to be. His character arc was supposed to go from a selfish cockroach to someone who puts Amori before himself. And an extension of that would be putting his friends before himself and choosing an actual life with people that he loved. See, I disagree. Eternal. Do you think they got to consult with each other? Like, yo, are you transcending? It's like, what do you See, think? Can you imagine bro? if Amori like, came back and Murphy's like, whoa. <laughs> That's a that's a I very don't fun think it's an extension of that. Yeah. I think it is it should be that takes away from it. You think it should just be Murphy and Amori and they like, would have taken the transcendence to yes, get together yeah. to be I alive together. Think that when so Jamie okay. brought that to my I attention. can see though, B Tom's your argument because Murphy and Amori, their character arc did start going into the point where he they're caring about every everyone else, they're caring about other people. So I could accept that they wanted to come back and be with everybody and, you know, live happily ever after until they die. But I just think that it is an argument that needs to be expressed. What like yeah. do you think that they would have stayed together? Because up until season seven, I would have said, I'm so upset that they didn't, you know, stay because they definitely all the way up until season seven would have stayed together up in up in uh, transcendence land. Can you imagine the the seven of us, including obviously Paul and Dave, like deliberating on whether we should transcend or not? <laughs> Only the like, seven right. of us can come back yeah. down. 
be like a two-hour podcast special of us just yelling at each other. <laughs> bunch of half. whiskey. Well, Kathleen would be the one. She'd be Clark on Earth, so she's bearing it for us. Do we go? <laughs> True. Yeah, we what, got... I'm the evil one of all. Yeah. Those? Yeah. So we got we got Kathleen back on Earth with Picasso, and then the six of us have to decide if we're going to come help her out. <laughs> Do you remember how we did the bank kill Mary at the end of the? last episode at the end of the finale episode with yeah. all 14 characters that were alive yeah i literally was while we were doing this typing them out and i got the 13 i couldn't remember the last one and it was raven oh my go. god wow so there you go we got one more character Hot girl yeah. raven. i agree with kathleen when she said that raven kind of got scraps this season which is very unfortunate I, I'm really happy that they gave her what they gave her at the end because the way it was going, it looked like she was just going to be a background character the whole entire season. It's interesting how they pushed her to a supporting, supporting actress when she's obviously beautiful, gorgeous, perfect. But even I would say she's probably like five or six on the call sheet, right? Like, like she technically is up there. She's got her name on the theme, like on the intro. I just think that they thought they were doing a lot with her and they were not. I think that the way six and seven was going, I was watching them live and then I started the rewatch and I actually forgot how important Raven was throughout the first five seasons. It actually made me forget because they have her as such a supporting character in the last two seasons. So many times Clark would just be like, you need to get this thing fixed or else we all die. And she's like, well, I don't even know anything about this thing. And Clark's like, Raven, get it done. And she did. Yep. Yeah. Fucking get it done. Yeah, Every single she would. time. No questions. That was like, yeah. And it was kind of a support role because she killed it and she was never a problem. Yeah. She always got her shit done. Yep. It felt like, what was Raven's lowest low of the entire series? Would you say that... First thing that came to my mind was when she is pouty all the time and she ta- and she pops the the alley alley for a little bit for a yeah, little I'm bit. Sure. Yeah. But she's also the first one when she realizes she can't remember Finn. She's the first one to realize there's an issue. She starts working out, playing loud True. music, yeah. trying to overcome. Okay, I honestly would say that's a high point, especially for Lindsay Morgan. She got such an intense. That was a big storyline, and then she got to be Allie and get EMP'd. But when she okay, was right Allie, before, I thought that was incredible acting. Right before she takes the tab is the, her worst because that's when she's negative but, enough to. Okay, be, to you're take talking the tab. about character, but even so, I would like to bring to the table that I would rather Raven be struggling with an actual storyline than her just being cast aside and then being like well we do kind of have this genius gorgeous girl we can bring into the plot and have her fix it whenever we want but we're not going to give her an actual so you're talking line. about when she's like writing wise useless exactly i'm saying that would be her lowest point and i would say that's probably five when she's just like tinkering with motorcycles in with six. um in six in sanctum with the with the, yeah. out, with the prime interpreted that as uh, like what was her worst point as like being the most side character farthest away yeah. from the action i took it as when was she at her like emotional lowest is that what I you mean, were and i agree that? with oh, you okay, okay, never mind that way like where i thought as an audience member where i was like raven sucks right now which she never did but i'm yeah. saying what point did you feel the most to say that i don't know if i ever did except for when she's the side character my only gripe with raven i never cared even when she was struggling i loved it i wanted her to get more screen time and that's what the point i'm trying to get across yeah, yeah. yeah season five she was shawl was her thing and then she w- six she's just like tinkering with motorcycles in season five she did she had a good amount of stuff to do she she, she had to convince yeah she did a lot she was, she was the one 
who in the beginning she started on the prison ship with Murphy, right? Yep. And they had to Ooh, hold God. all the hold all the Ooh, criminals. That Clark reunion was leverage. good for me season, on the radio. It's been a while since I did season five, but that was when she was with Abby, who was going the, under her drug addiction. Ooh, and yeah, that's Abby good like too. put the collar on her and yeah. Ooh, like, yeah. completely fucked her over. Well, Abby sucked. Abby all the way pretty much. I did not like Abby's character since like season I don't really think I liked her much at all. She was never close to the best characters. No. She's just really hot. <laughs> Shut Mel, the fuck Mel, up. Mel, Mel, Mel. <laughs> she is not. Kathleen like knows. <laughs> Abby's Pretty best cow. scenes are the finale when it's not her. <laughs> I don't disagree. She really annoyed me in seasons one and two, which are the only ones fresh in my mind, so bear with me here, but she would constantly, once she became Chancellor and got the power and Kane was there, clearly just a much more capable leader and Jaha came back a much more capable leader. Mm, she kept Jaha. sticking to her guns and is like, I'm sorry, I'm the chancellor by title. We're doing it my way. And she just made mistake after mistake. Wow. I love these takes because I totally disagree. First of all, what a like a uh, power uh, issue when obviously the juvenile delinquents get sent down against their will. Right. So now we spent a whole season with them Learning almost and being like they're in charge they're holding it the fuck down they're 17 years old whatever they want abby and kate whatever they want <laughs> abby and kane come down they're like nah we got it and our kids are like boy bye like you no shot remember yeah. that scene kane just comes in and says don't worry we're here now because <laughs> get out of here it's loser. specifically <laughs> when finn and bellamy are left over and finn starts beating or bellamy or finn starts beating up murphy and then kane's like send them put like shackle them up and it's like dude murphy tried to kill so many fucking people please it's it's such a good power struggle and i want to that was murphy's blip and i want to take back when i said jaha would be a more capable leader because when he came back he was not in the mind space uh, mind space to be a capable leader because yeah he was kind of going crazy but definitely and my biggest gripe before i pass it over to you is that she kept on trying to keep Clark in shackles and like protect her at all times always and Clark was like fuck this sounds, bitch sounds I'm gonna like go Clark with Maddie. Hey, and it does which love is that. what I was also gonna say I, I kind of do like the parallels that they finally got back to at the end of season 7 where Clark's like oh my god is this what Abby had to go through and, it, and it's, it's also funny because that's <laughs> the moment around the time that we said we started to not like Clark because she's acting like Abby. A hundred percent. Fair enough, yeah. So, I mean, I totally see what you're saying. Damn, this is fucking fun rehashing it. <laughs> yeah, shit. no, there, I didn't know how many emotions this was going to turn up. Maybe a I, little I, wine buzz, but who knows? <laughs> I do want to mention that I think a, a, a moment where Raven is definitely at her emotional low, or at least one of them, an honorable mention, is definitely when Finn dies. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, because she is like screaming, Clark. like yeah. No, I mean, she dude, turns she around is... quickly. He's she turns a... around quickly because she sees the the death by a thousand cuts, and she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, it's better that you He's kill him that family. way." But when he dies, well, can you imagine? We were we were worrying so much about what Raven was going to be like after the hatch thing. We we're like, "Oh, we got like six episodes of Raven being depressed and down and, and nothing. Yeah, and she really. bounced back in one episode. She just let no payoff there, in my opinion, yeah. because the Nikki scenes were garbage. She let Nikki no, beat the shit payoff. out of her. There's Although payoff the payoff there. is, and we commended them a couple times that they still had Raven 
getting significant character growth in season seven with mm-hmm. the whole understanding yes. of Clark and the pressure of being the person that pulls the lever. Raven, that finally clicked with okay, her. Right. And for a couple seasons yeah. before that, she was like, Clark, what are you doing? I just hate the Nikki. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was the only redeemable moment in Nakara was her and Clark's. Honestly, they, the Nikki stuff does piss me off because that was... They were just wrong to write yeah. her like that at the end. Just they she could have taken to... the character out completely. Hatch could have been his only character, and yep. she could have died, and she could have just. I will say another complaint I had about just speaking of the Nakara episode was that this I was a little annoyed with the stone just being in the monster's stomach, but they cleared that up later when they actually lifted the fucking stone in the Stone Bone Throne yeah. Room. Right. Well, that stone bone throne. Room. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, oh, yeah. I just it's a shame because. To be completely honest, season seven did so many good things. And like we're saying, most of the stuff we're talking about, what's the character arcs, is such good shit. But because of the transcendence thing and because of the Clark and Bellamy thing, it just sours the whole season. Yeah, we were raving about the show yeah. like six episodes in. And our only gripe was, I, you know, we need more Clark and Bell, yep. but like the side characters are killing it. Right yeah. now. What was we that were... turning point? You, you said episode six. I remember it being around then. Was, just, it, what, just... it, was, it was before Etheria, wasn't it? Or was it Etheria? It's... Yeah, what it had to have been before. Our, I think our our anger just kept growing. It started as just an annoyance. Like, yeah, the show's killing it, but I need more Clark and bell. And then around episode 10, we were just like, honestly, like we, they're not going to be able to tie all the loose ends with this much time left without more Clark and Bellamy. And then Etheria comes and we're like, okay, so that's Bellamy. I want to jump in and say, I thought seven was incredible, but it took until Etheria for me to, for my, Ah, shit, they're really not going to turn this around, huh? Like, that's when it was. Up until then, because you got to remember, one of them was fully the prequel. And then Mm -hmm. up until then, I mean, Nakara was the only one that was like, that wasn't great, but I'll take a Clark and Raven moment any day. And like that, that was when we get some of the stupid ass, like, get the flock out. I don't even think that was that, but just some bad lines. But Nakara was probably the only poorly uh, I don't even want to say poorly written. It's just one that I didn't care about, but I just, still liked it because it's our characters. I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Just so happened to be at the time Clark and Raven with a lot of expendable people. Now I don't want to yeah. say Miller and Jordan. You know, we love. They're we ended expendable. Up, yeah, we, well, that butthole are, could have clenched them side, to death for all I care. And, and that Whoa. was our thing know, where we were both. like, I if they're going to kill someone, they should probably kill someone right here, and they just didn't. And it was kind of weird. There's and there's also cheesy lines, and it was just a weird episode, but. We know that it was important because the, the talk with Raven and Clark was important because it has to do with the finale yeah. now. If that's the only thing you're getting from an episode is one freaking well, conversation. Yeah. And it's a second all. dawn reveal. Yeah. We knew I, that though. We'd be calling that. But I definitely think that Etheria was a turning point for it. Because I remember us leading into that Etheria being like, there's no way they can just give us a full Bellamy episode. Like, just one full Bellamy episode, because we don't have time for that shit. And then yeah. they gave us a full Bellamy episode, and then they introduced the whole Bill is in his vision shit, and we were like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, Etheria happened, and we had so much stuff to say about it, and the problem was that we were still hoping. We were like, God, yeah. it could still be a stimulation. It could well, that be was- something... That was me, you, and Luke just yeah. waxing poetic for like 25 minutes after the episode ended, just like shooting the shit about things. what the hell's going to happen. No, we had no parents on that episode, yeah. so we just kept going. I love that. All right, guys. Before we jump into our questions, this is technically the last time we're going to fully talk about season seven. 
So you guys have anything else to say before we jump into some cool stuff? My last thought, I don't know if they knew where they were going when they ended season five, which was book one. I don't know how many seasons Jason in his head planned ahead, but I really love the wrapping with the whole second Dawn cult. I was a huge fan of Bill as a villain. I mean, I even loved the anticlimactic end that he had, and I'm really happy that that was a huge part of it, especially with the whole level 12 all through season four with the bunker and stuff, and then as well as the level 12s of Bardo. Like, all of that was so good and tied in. It felt grounded in the in what the seeds that they planted. But, Jimmy, you pretty much convinced me. I can't step away from it. I just think the transcendence came out of nowhere. The seeds weren't planted early enough but it was good enough. And I thought the character endings for 90% of them, not counting Bellamy and sort of not counting Clark were really satisfying to me. And I fucking love the show. The show will always be one of my favorites forever. Fuck yeah. Well, you said it, Luke. I totally agree with you, Luke. I fucking love this show. Okay. And real quick though, I just want to say with the transcendence thing, it (laughs) does make the prequel a little silly, but at the same time I'm watching and we're all watching and we're going to cover it. Okay. I'm not giving you much time to think about this. Hottest guy on three. In the entire series? Entire series. That's freaking takes a little bit of Give time. Give me a second. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Oh, I'm like debating. Yeah, there's some yeah, I, I just settled on one and I was like, yeah, that works. Uh, there's some handsome ass guys. I don't want to think about yeah. it too much. Just let me go. Actually, is okay. he that good looking? On three. Let's not do on three because on three, you can't tell what we're saying. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's go down the line. I don't know. I don't want it to change anyone's opinion. I want to hear yeah, the hot I think takes. It's funny. No, let's do it on three. Three, two, one. Lincoln. Lincoln. Oh, Levitt is the answer. Le- no, I said, I said Finn. Lincoln. That was insane. Lincoln's it's Levitt. Levitt. It's Levitt. I said Lincoln. Dude, Jimmy and Kyle said Lincoln. What'd you say? Fucking said Miller, dude. I Miller's said JR, a good looking dude. I said J.R. Bourne. Actually. I said <laughs> Levitt. Who did you say? You said Finn. I said Finn, but I mean Levitt. I forgot. <laughs> oh, my God. I Jason, you're Finn, the hottest for Levitt. sure, dude. These uh, I love that you said Miller, and you you landed on your name so quickly. And you were like, yeah. Is yeah, he really that hot? But then he, just, then he goes, is just, he really that hot? I was just scrolling through, like, in my brain, who are the guy characters on The 100? Do I, am I, like, what do I think of these people? It's because we and talk I, about the girl so often. Yeah, I was going through the names. I'm like, Bellamy, is he that? And I, I landed on Miller. I'm like, yeah, I could live with that. Levitt, yeah. Levitt was the first person my mind went to, and I couldn't find someone better. He's the, okay, Levitt, you are, Jason, you are the most textbook handsome. That is for damn sure. Coolest guy, too. Coolest guy. If I'm gonna answer it, which is just not true, it's gonna be Murphy, but that's just not true. I just love him so much. I love Richard Harmon. He's not the most handsome, but he is to me. Because I'm I don't know, man. I like Lincoln. Should we do girl? Is that your other rapid fire? That's my two rapid fires. Hottest guy and girl. That's the best you can come up with. I'm so superficial. Okay, Um, hottest girl. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one. Josephine. Raven. Raven. Josephine's a great answer. Wait, so we got Raven. No. Raven. Raven. Lexa. Lexa. Josephine. Okay. I was close to saying, honestly, Clark. Josephine was easily the first person I thought of. Raven, Lexa, and Clark, I just can't. But honestly, (laughs) Josephine is. Dude, you know who else is? Is. Murphy's real life girlfriend is beautiful. Oh my god, Antari. Uh, Antari, that that was a thought too. A, yeah. <laughs> Great looking cast. You guys are beautiful. Yeah. We love you all, truly. Kathleen right. and Lexa, are you Kalexa? Are you Klexa? Are you uh Kathlexa? Kathlexa, because you can't do Klexa. Yeah, but Kalexa. Yeah, it's too close. <laughs> nah, you're Lex Lean. 
Lex Lean. Yeah. That's like All right. Lex Luthor. Yeah. Now that we're done going through a little bit of our thoughts at the end of the characters and some of their conclusions and also season seven as a whole, we're just going to go through the rapid fire questions that we ask pretty much everyone we've interviewed so far just to spark some discussion. We'll see where that takes us. I'll start it off and just simple. What was everyone's favorite season? Two. Two. Mount Weather killed it. I always say two. I'm trying to change it, but I can't. Two. I, I, I think, also say two, Kyle. Yeah, two. I think Damn. four is going to come really close when I rewatch it, but two was money. You know, that was, dude, two through four, the, the oh, storylines, the plot lines, the conflicts, the I don't fucking even, deaths are amazing. I don't even have a problem with my rewatch with one. I just still think I one loved was really one. Good. I one was one better too. on the rewatch. Yeah. yeah. 100% was better on the yeah. rewatch. I'm not, I don't want to brag. But I'm the first one who watched the hundred on this squad. And I remember because a girl I grew up dancing with, she's a little older than me, was a writer for the show. And she used to like tweet about it and whatever it was. So I was like, all right, I'm going to stick it out. And I can remember Twitter DMing her because I don't know her at all. And being like, as soon as Charlotte and Wells die, it changes the game. Yep. It's truly like a corny CW show in the beginning. And of course, it like I said before, it's so nice watching these kids grow up on this show and become incredible actors because they were good in season one, but they're incredible by season yeah. seven. They build their it's it's awesome. But I remember every time I suggest the show to somebody, especially back then in the day, I said, give it four episodes mm-hmm. four, definitely, and you'll be soaked in. Definitely hit me soaked. with that when I started. I mm-hmm. specifically remember the feelings I had at the end of season one when in the finale episode Clark wakes up and it's just these all these oh, white. It's so jarring. Lights, it's awesome. Right? I'm thinking, what the fuck? Where are we going? I'm already in for the mystery of what the Mount Weather actually was. And because she sees Mount Weather written on the wall. And season two just did everything right. It made you everything. care about every character in every situation. You loved the characters that weren't even trapped in Mount Weather because they were dealing with the political thing you brought up earlier with Kane and Abby trying to take control because oh, yeah. now they're on Earth. But we also have them both trying to push them aside and say, we know what we're doing here. We've been here for a while. We got to go save our friends at Mount Weather, plus all the high stakes of the people trapped in Mount Weather who were on a oh time my limit God, with incredible. the bone marrow shit that they were yes. going to start taking. Dude, Dude Jasper the villains, stepping up as a leader. Also, the the uh, the head. I forget his name. You might remember either you two. Kate? Dante. Oh, okay. He was the head of the Mount Weather people and was so fantastically written because he wasn't pure evil like his son Cage. Yeah. He was reasonable, but at the same time cared a lot about his people, but also didn't want to compromise his human morality. It was just, I, I can't preach it enough. Season wow. two is the best. Well said. Fuck. You can't even forget that Echo comes in season two in the cages. Yeah. Yeah. That's so early on. I forgot. Me too. Anya is that early, early thing too. She gets rescued from the cages yep. with Clark. I, I loved that. That's great. Okay. Can we also talk about how Shelby picked Maya as her favorite character? Like, and everything that was such a dark horse pick. Shelby, the the Shelby Flannery, Flattery, yes, yes, the yes. actor for Hope said her favorite character in the rapid fire questions was Maya. Yeah, and that's a seasons. hot take. That's yeah. a hot take. So I I always thought that Maya ruined Jasper. <laughs> so I always kind of held like, "Cause you're annoying to me," um, kind of thing. But once you said that. I thought back on it and she was a really good character. And again, it always in the hundred always comes back to 
everyone's the protagonist of their own story. I've said this myself 18 times if I had a fucking nickel. But it is incredible because Maya, they've been living this sweet, sweet life. The hundred people come in to every season and they fuck up everything and they kill everybody. Yeah. And you can't really fault Maya for that. And I do. I did like the love story between Jasper and Maya. I, I honestly think it's an insane. I don't know. For this, is, to choose this might Maya, be even but... a little bit hot takey, but I thought maybe you two can attest to this even more. I thought Jasper, I liked him significantly more on my rewatch than I did the first time around. By the end of the first time around, I thought he was the worst character of the entire yeah. show. But on the rewatch, not that I identified, like I, I understood where his point of view was coming from, but I just liked him more. I guess I did he's, really get where he was going. But he's a great character until he's not. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, okay. when you say my ruined Jasper, I would say Clark ruined Jasper. I mean, it just depends. Dude, she had to pull that lever, yeah, baby. But, but Jasper, in his, if you're, if you're in Jasper's mind space, eh? Hey, oh. He thought he was finishing it. He thought he was gonna kill cage and it was going to be done and then clark pulls the lever and just and True. kills the love of his life i mean what would you do if you're jasper kathleen would you be pissed at clark yeah yeah <laughs> i'm never mad at clark yeah yeah i wouldn't be pissed like jasper is and let it ruin my life and everybody's life around me but yeah i'd be a little pissed all right so the next question we have here and this one could be a little bit of a quicker one what is everybody's favorite specific episode Okay, I like have one off the top of my head. It might not be actual, but I love the Hunger Games style episode of Prime Fire season, season four. Yeah, Conclave? Conclave episode. That was gonna yeah. be mine. Incredible. Really? Yeah, that was going to be mine. I remember watching that live and being like, holy shit, that was amazing. That blew my mind live. Blew my that, mind. Was my, that was my runner up. Oh, what's, your, your, first what's one? your actual season, one? Well, that's season four, episode 10, Die All, Die Merrily. My actual one is uh, Spacewalker when she kills Flynn. Mm. I mean, Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> From Breaking Bad? <laughs> when she kills Finn. That episode, I would say, is probably my favorite. That is a really good episode. That's too. a really good one. The the, the Finn, Yeah, the Finn-Raven flashbacks are amazing in that episode. Because you, you, you think that he went spacewalking that they call him spacewalker space yeah mm-hmm. that's awesome i took the base i thought i took the basic answer because i thought this was going to be everyone's answer but i thought uh season four 13 or 16 i always forget 13 what it, 13 prime fire mm-hmm. that is my favorite episode what specifically do you like about prime fire everything i i really like it's our first actual time skip towards the end as well oh, yeah. and i guess it's really in my opinion the the end of clark being the best the best mm-hmm. because like maddie she gets introduced and all that uh the stakes are just incredibly high the entire time you're on the literal edge of your seat it's just the best episode prime fire was probably my runner up my favorite i think it was it was a two-parter but blood must have blood i think that's season two yeah the finale yeah, where Alexa betrays them and then Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. just the whole rising climax and then you think, "Oh my gosh, we got Tree Crew or oh my gosh, all the tribes together, we're going to take on Mount Weather and just ruin their day." And then it all comes crashing <sighs> down in front of their face and Clark just like stands there and is like, "Nah, this is not over by any means." And then just our homies take care of business as they always That's do. That's the Liverpool in my opinion. Oh, big time. It didn't even the- have the highest stakes, but it felt like that's the first Liverpool I think of when I think of the show. Next one we got here is favorite 
main character and you know what i mean by main like they mm-hmm. had to have lasted until the end pretty much and i'll also count bellamy in that group and you know you know the main you have characters. to count bellamy in that group okay are you saying full character arc where they ended up favorite yes, character when the series ended who your favorite character main character was? your favorite binge crew sure yeah yeah 100 i'll go first i'm not gonna say clark even though Technically, when you do the the weighted moving average, it's Clark. Out of all the seasons, all the episodes, all the minutes, it's Clark. But I'm going to say Murphy because besides season one, he is unwaveringly just a, a fucking incredible character growth. I don't think they ever wavered on him. He's so cool. He's so funny. He stayed true when some of our other characters maybe didn't. Murphy all the way. Yeah, I agree. Murphy is also my favorite. I've talked this episode, the finale episode, about how I like how they completed his story arc as a character. And I think, yeah, he's a scumbag in season one, but he needed being a scumbag so that he could have so much growth. And he killed it. Yeah, he not all the time was he a part of the main plot like a lot of times he's doing his own thing aside from what clark and bellamy have going on but i'm always interested in what he's doing in the background like when he was with jaha chasing the city of light i was interested in that because it was murphy and because it was jaha who i also absolutely loved but murphy i honestly would go with murphy for pretty much everything you guys said but there is some things to be said about octavia because i think that Octavia, she's like the sneaky main character. Like, you know, her trajectory from the first episode all the way to season seven. I know that we had the whole season five debacle, but I just, I think that they nailed, they nailed the landing for her, but I still would go Murphy. I'm going to back up everything Jimmy just said. Yeah, I really, part of, like, I really want to say Octavia, but I know that's not me not being true to myself and over seven seasons, it has to be Murphy. Yeah. And that's the same answer that I would have said about Clark or Raven. Like I want to put them as my favorite character, but it's legitimately Murphy. Yahtzee, okay. Murphy, That is a full baby. sweep. And that, <laughs> we did not plan that at no, all. No, we did not. And that's great not because we have brought up asking about Richard Harmon to every single person we've interviewed yeah, on this that's show. That's honestly insane of us. And We're like, it makes sense. It makes sense. He was just so... <laughs> He was so lovable and it just he was the perfect mix of being yeah. badass and that boy is electric. He's just the best. Murphy was the best. So let's let's get to the more interesting one of what your favorite side character is. And Danica. this this counts as anybody outside of Binge Group so the entire hard. series. Yeah. I have some good answers here. I know my answer. I know your answer. Who do you who do you have, Kyle, as your favorite side character? And I Gabriel. you're probably gonna say Monty, but Ga- yeah, oh, can Monty. we have two? Yeah, Gabriel take two because you're saying Monty. I want to take two. Because I want to say Monty and Gabriel. Okay, give me. You also need to provide a long shot, like a, like a. You know, it's going to be a unique answer. Because I got an answer for that one. <laughs> I want to say Kane. Kane, that's Kane. a good one. Kane's okay. a great. Yeah, I want to say Kane. Right, so we're going to put you down for Monty and Kane. And we'll no Gabriel. A little side piece with Gabriel too. Okay. Yeah. All right, B. Tom's. What do you got? Becca Franco. I was going to guess that for you because of how you were just doing it on the on the apocalypse episode, how much you loved her. So I was I was going to guess that, dude, she was Raven before Raven. I don't know. She Becca Franco just. Yes, she she was awesome. I just changed my mind because I like Becca more. Dude, I just love Gabriel was my answer. Yeah, man. I just I love her she's awesome she's like brilliantly (laughs) smart she's so calm collected has a decent moral compass as we see it's like 
trying to better humanity with everything she's trying to do, use her knowledge for good. And she is kind of a martyr because Bill puts her to the stake and kills her. And she had a terrible ending, but she is my favorite character. And I love, love, love that they gave us a Becca Franco episode with the prequel episode in mm-hmm. season seven. Can I give me the long shot, though? Also, oh. long shot. Just a character that could be in like four to five episodes or maybe dies early. One of those kind of characters. That no one would answer. You can think on it if you don't have one. Uh, you you look on. like a Charlotte guy. Oh gosh! Charlotte? Oh, stop, dude! Get <laughs> out of here stop. right now. I'm gonna just I'm gonna go back on tags because I thought Becca Franco was. I remember in season seven when when they show her in on the screen. I was like on the iPad that shouldn't have gone through the anomaly. I was like. Holy shit. I did not yeah. know I needed that. So Gabriel saying he had, oh, I had such a crush on her. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. I think that they were so smart. And I would like to know the contract that that actress had yeah. because they brought her in. And every time she was on screen, she was phenomenal. That's Jeez. not who I was going to say, but what an incredible answer. All right. You tags. Your boy has his long shot. And I just watched the part of the series that he was in. And I hope I'm not taking yours. Uh, he? It is Wick. Fuck, that was mine. Yeah, I knew it, <laughs> dude. And I completely he's a, he's a handsome, goofy man. I like him, too. Yeah, but he's the long he shot. He had issues he, as an he actor. He was great. But... And he was... No, you're not allowed to say him, dude. He was... He <laughs> no, was I agree, though. 100% he's good. the best significant other that would have given Raven a happy ending. There I think is he was a the chance, best. a legitimate chance that he could have gone seasons and seasons through the show yeah he, didn't he, mess he up was just life. a guy raven like they were just two very very smart Love people that Wick. were kind of digging Damn each it, other Wick's a good yeah, one. He was goofy too he was he was great he would have been binge crew if if if. <laughs> if 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 i wish i had more time to think about this um but my answers might seem pretty basic but becca's amazing one my long shot is Josephine because oh, she's absolutely too. incredible and I think that she I, I've said it before she would have absolutely wreaked havoc on our characters and just laughs sadness all of it good stuff but I have three supporting actresses and all three girls and you're just gonna have to deal with it Lexa duh I don't have to say it Indra is my is another mm, favorite good. supporting That's really good no explanation needed and hope was my favorite addition to season seven i think hope is just uh, she added something to seven that i didn't know i needed and i fell in love with her right away and uh, you just listen to the rest of them to hear i'm like literally just staring into space right now because i'm just thinking and thinking a lot of choices man i mean i would love to say joe are born because i love him so much but i don't think shade hate as a character is my favorite um my long shot is King Roan. Oh, amazing. that's a good one. Good yeah, yeah, I, 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 I flirted with that. I almost said him in general. Like, I freaking love him. I'm happy we're all bringing someone new up. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I think my side character would be, honestly, Lincoln. I just really loved Lincoln. He's so good. Yeah. Ricky Whittle was really he good. He got Lincoln. robbed. I'm, he did. We don't know the background information, though. but... I got to watch season three and four because you tell me that Lincoln is great except for his one blip, which is See, sandbagging Bellamy at right. Mount Weather and taking for the, the serum. Yeah. I'm so pissed at him for that. Yeah. I got to keep watching. No, see, I, I think, wonder if he gets. OK, better. that's that's not his fault. <laughs> Dude, it's totally his fault. It was. No, his fault. He's an addict, he baby. Beat it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but you're always it when you're when it's right in front of you. Yeah. It was his fault. My uh, 
my favorite side character, maybe I'm it's recency bias, but Gabriel, I just love his take nice. on on science and just wonderment and just learning new things. And there's nothing that you guys kind of already talked about. When Gabriel lit up, we lit up. Yeah, mm. he was a beast. See, the only thing I hated that he ever did was that. I still don't agree. It, the the <laughs> process over outcome. I don't agree with the process of when he when he gave up everyone on Bardo and they whatever. I'm oh, like, I thought you were gonna say when he shot the oh, when no, he no, shot no, no, the flame. So my side character, long shot, was supposed was gonna be Wick, but I'm gonna pivot here because B Toms took that. I will say Sinclair was my That's one of my favorites. Nice. And Sinclair was just the perfect blend between a genius mentor to Raven, who is one of my favorite characters, mm-hmm. and he was just so smart and needed on the arc, on Earth, all around, with a blend of smooth. Like he was, he was, he was quick and witty, and he was, you know, he was willing to sacrifice anything for Raven herself and just all the people he cared about. So, fucking loved Sinclair. He was a great character. That this is the best question of the night so far. Yeah, yes. and I I feel cheap with Kane as my long shot. So because he's not really a long shot, really? so I'll, I'll, I'll take. Actually, think one. that's an I'll take Nelson. I'll take Nelson. Yeah, that's, that's Kyle. Right there. That's yeah, you said Abby and Nelson as your two Honestly, favorite side characters. I feel my, like that's Kyle. <laughs> my long shot was gonna be Jer. But <laughs> oh, okay. long shot. I got three long shots. Their names are X, Y, and Z. True. <laughs> 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 a long shot. Hell yeah! All right. A couple more here, and I think we're no, all going to have... Hatch, for we're definitely going to all have the same answer for this. I mean, if you don't on have... On three, before he even asks. Okay, oh three, two, one. J.R. Horn. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your favorite acting performance? Who Kane. doesn't say Of J. all R. seven Bourne? seasons or just this season? All seven. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to differ. I'm saying I'm saying Clark. Eliza I think Eliza Clark? Taylor had... And Jason himself said it. We said it on in episode 15 when he came on. There... Even in that episode when Maddie's dying, she had to do 15 takes of her just sobbing over Maddie. How many scenes has that bitch have to do? J.R. Bourne could have done it in one take. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Okay. I, I totally agree, but I'm going to I'm gonna not say J.R. Bourne only because I know that he is obviously the best actor of the crew, but my girl did it for seven motherfucking seasons. He doesn't have to be necessarily... Over and over. And over again. You don't have to say he's the best actor, just the best acting performance. Okay, and then I want to do an honorable mention because our boy Richard Harmon shows the fuck up for his scenes. He does. I agree with that. I I just did not think we were... I mean, we're all kind of on the same page. They were born slayed. Oh, yeah. 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 He's the best. Okay, we have two more here. Favorite villain. Mm. Whole series. And I could start because I kind of already thought this one out a little bit. My first initial answer was going to be Pike because the way he gets characters to react to him and how he changes the storyline is amazing, but he's a close second. My first is going to be Allie. Yeah, I that's nice. Allie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was just pure AI. There was no emotion involved. She was just one-track minded and she links to Becca. She's the arc of the back. I said this again, the backbone of the story pretty much just all started with Becca Franco. And as a result, Allie, she was just fantastic and terrifying. Totally. Allie is a really good answer. I'm trying to think Kyle jump in. I'm going to say Pike. I mean, looked at it a little bit, but he just comes in season three and is a fucking tsunami. Like we all loved season two so much. And it was kind of like, okay, this is the peak of the show. Where do we go from here almost? And Pike was such a pivotal part of making season three, probably my second favorite season. 
Uh, and like Luke said, I mean, just the way the characters work off of Pike was just amazing. I mean, what he does to all of them. I mean, Indra, Bellamy, Clark, Kane, and Abby. I mean, Kane and Kane against Pike season three before Kane gets chipped and stuff was awesome. I mean, Kane mm-hmm. is just the way that Kane philosophizes trying to change Pike's mind in my eyes was kind of was a reason basically why I said that Kane was one of my favorite side characters. Yeah, Pike made me like Kane a lot because of their contrasting views. But I just want to say on the alley side that I like that the 100 is constantly doing things that are challenging its actors and giving them something new to do. So any time that Allie took over somebody, they had a completely new persona to take over. And I just think that was cool. Like I said before, it was really amazing to watch Lindsay be Allie, Lindsay Morgan be Allie, anyone else, Abby, all of them who were taken over. I think that's a really cool thing for the actors. I mean, they just got to every season. They got to change their persona and be something new. I think that's great. Who is your favorite villain? Allie. Oh, word. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of have two. Um, the first one, because I've said already, I love season two. I really liked Dante. And he may not fall completely into the villain role because Cage was really the villain of that. Dante was kind of like chaotic, neutral, dare I say. Um, but he was just there to back his people. And he was actually a pretty pretty firm-handed but just leader. And then Cage stages the coup to overthrow him completely fumbles the bag and comes crying back to Dante. And Dante says, look what a mess you made in three days. Like enemies are at our door, going to take down our defenses. I'm going to clean up this mess for you. That was so satisfying. Yeah. He prioritizes his people and he knows like he has no choice. He, he, He knows what he's doing is about to be wrong and that he is on the bad side of things. But it's this whole prioritizing your people over everything else. And he did that just didn't work out for him. And even till the end, he was doing that at gunpoint. Clark didn't want to have to shoot him, but he is insisting cage to like stay the course. And it it was, it was a well-written villain. I think Um, my honorable mention would be Dioza season five. Specifically, because she's not a villain after that. Correct. Well, she's. <laughs> I can't believe about... none of us mentioned Dioza as a side character favorite. Yeah. I, mean, I honestly, she'd be up there. I mentioned five. her yeah. as a, I'm glad we got six and seven to get her redemption. That's 100%. I go Allie and Pike, but I think if we're doing some long shots, just because we want to get weird here, I think Can Murphy in it? season one was. Oh, awesome. love to love to hear that. I did like to hate him in the yeah. beginning. Very, very beginning. And also Kane in season one, because you don't like Kane in the beginning. I think that Murphy season one is an amazing answer. He yeah. is the villain. Like there's a that the episode when they're sick mm-hmm. after Murphy comes in with the sickness and he fucking murders that guy, that yep. kid. What a fucking loser, and when dude. He's trying to kill Jasper. What the did whole the time? kid do to him yeah. though? The kid The kid is one of the ones that hung him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, fuck that kid. All right. Go ahead. This is my this is one of my favorite because we can get freaky with this one. The last question in our true Ben Kill Mary fashion in a in a wacky version is this. If you could have had two characters marry each other in the series, any two characters, any two characters bang each other in the series, and any two characters kill each other or one kill the other, not kill each other at the same time, who would it be? I think I got this one already. I just rattled off. All that three. was insane. You watch. You were staring me in the eye yeah, and typing on your computer. That was yeah. so scary. Yeah, I'm killing it. So <laughs> my bang each other. I want Raven and Levitt because they're just two beautiful people. Sure. Let them be happy. Have some just stupid hot sex. Mary, mm-hmm. Becca and Gabriel. 
because mm. that just makes sense. They're both kind of very smart, rational thinking people. They're both like good hearted. They're they're good, smart people. I would like them to get married to each other. Plus, Gabriel had the crush on her. Love Gabriel. I would love that for him. Kill. I would say I want Indra to kill Shade Hada because she refused to do it like 18 times during season seven. I mean, she did kill him. Oh, yeah, she did eventually. <laughs> okay, well, let's go back to the kill. My God. I mean, she literally. Wow. I want Jamie to kill Cersei. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. The hard part is honestly thinking of the banging. Yeah, just like two people who maybe never got to do it up. I'm just trying to think. I'm usually like super into the sexual attention. Me too, but there wasn't like many near misses. <laughs> yeah, it's like they I can't did think of a ton. Get fucking freaky. Get. Like, oh, I got it. I I got it. I got mine. Okay, give me, give me. Do you have all three or just the bang one? I got all three. All right. So from Marion, I'm gonna do Clark and Lexa. Oh, you stole that from me. Because on, son. Clark's been pulling levers, and she just deserves some fucking love. Yeah, and bringing Alexa, bringing Alexa back from the dead to create Alexa again, uh, I think would be nice. Uh, banging my boy Jordan and Hope. Yeah, yeah baby. you want to talk sexual tension? They deserve that. <laughs> yeah, I almost wanted to make them my marry, but I wanted to put Clark in there. And then for kill, I want Lincoln to kill Pike. Nice. I, like I almost that. had that one. Yeah, I, like yeah. Next. Wow. I got. I got some right here. All right, I'm gonna go reverse order. So what I want for the kill is. Almost, almost with the knowledge of the end of the series, I would have loved if Becca killed Bill Ooh. in in the bunker, like Ooh. when they were doing that. That would have been a that is incredible, That's fucking incredible. And the lack of the shepherd we've talked about on this podcast, I feel he needed to mention anyway. Yeah. Um. So for Bang, I'm gonna have Clark Bang Bellamy. Oh. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna throw a little Bellark seat out there because I I think they would have been. It would have been an entertaining storyline, of course. And I know everyone was banging their fists on the table for that to be endgame, but I would have loved for that to be a mid one of the mid seasons kind of you know storylines. That yeah. would be really good for me. You talk about sexual tension. I, think, I said Clark bangs Bellamy. And then for the Mary, this would have been an early Mary that would have had to happen. I would have wanted probably around season two, Jasper and Octavia to marry and end up together because I think they both would have saved the other character from sucking at yeah, parts. Yeah. Jasper wow. down that, that, that route of, you know, Maya and Octavia might've, if she, how they hinted at Octavia and Jasper in season one, early, early season one, I was all in. I thought that was like, that was my initial impression of a relationship that was going to happen on the show because that's kind of what they set it up to be. And I just thought that was, that would have been amazing. Especially now we know that Octavia becomes Blood Reina because of the path she takes. So those are my answers. I want to change my kill answer to Indra killing Shade Hada in the first scenario where okay, she should there have rationally killed him. In the makeshift conclave, right? Yeah, where yeah. she just locks him in the room with 12 puny disciples and says, they'll get the job done. Mm-hmm. Even earlier than this, right. please. I guess I'll I almost try. want to change my kill because Octavia kills Pike and that was satisfying. But yeah, I'll- it was satisfying. What was your kill, Kai? I wanted uh, Lincoln to kill Pike. Okay. I want Maddie to have killed Shade Hada. Amazing that answer. I Damn think it. that they didn't give her any bad a- enough badassery after doing my rewatch and seeing how badass she actually was when she was younger. Um, Mary would be Jackson and Miller. Okay. Let them live happily ever after because I love those those bros. And banging 
I it's just so hard because I I, I agree that I want Jordan and Hope to just get that money. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. My kills lame, but I'll I'll go first. And okay, obviously my Mary is gonna be would be Clark and Lexa, but since Kyle already said that, I'm not gonna say that. So I'm gonna say this in a world where Lexa is already R.I.P. passed. Rest in paradise, my girl. Clark and Bellamy, just for the fans out there, you know, I would have loved to see that end game if they could have written it correctly. And I believe that that, that would have satisfied me in, in a way. You know, um, I think Clark ended up with neither Maddie nor Lexa nor Bellamy. And I think that um, is kind of sad. But I think uh, Clark and Guy are together right now. So they'll, they'll be whatever. Clark and Bellamy for Mary. Um, my bang is Raven, Amori, and Murphy threesome. Wow, we get to threesomes. You cheated. I did not say threesomes. Didn't count. No, you said two people. That's what you said. You said yeah, I, I allow. I allow it <laughs> because I was gonna sense. say that too because there's so many people I that wanted that. Murphy, and well, yeah. Amori can I can I change my bang to me, Octavia, and Raven? <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow that as well. <laughs> I will enter myself in any bang with any character on this entire. I'm gonna change mine show. to Raven, Clark, Octavia. Okay, peace. <laughs> and of yourself, oh, man. <laughs> Raven, Amoria, Murphy is a thoughtful answer. They had chemistry, all three of them. We're in a Murphy progressive shot. world here. It's like we 20, are twenty five hundred Two. There's three way marriages going on. Okay. And my kill is what I was gonna say is lame, but I said Gabriel killing Russell. Um, I don't really need that. That was just a random thing yeah, I thought right. of. That was, that was pretty lame. But in a world where, like, <laughs> back when they're still in Sanctum and Russell's still looking for Gabriel and wanting to kill him and Gabriel has to kill him. First. I'll allow that, though. Yeah, like it's not bad. I'm sure I could have thought of something better, but I was panicking with you guys all saying your answers, even though I'm the one who came up with this months ago and never thought about it once. Yeah. But there it was. Oh, that's man. the that's the bang kill Mary. Miss this show so much. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna miss it. I just want to say with Town TV, man, we had we created this podcast so that these kinds of shows can be talked about. You know, when we talk about TV shows here, we talk about entertainment, and to us, the hundred, we we never got to do this on pod. We will one day, but we did like a bracket of our favorite shows ever, and the fact that the hundred is one of our favorite shows ever just is a testament to the characters, the writers, the storylines like that show is a top five show for me of all time. And it's quote unquote, a CW show. I'm so entertained by the hundred. It makes me feel so happy that I would put it on my top five, which shows like Sopranos, Breaking Bad, things like that, that a lot of people would never ever think to do because they just never would give it a chance. And that's why we created this, this podcast because we want to talk about shows that maybe you know, are underrated or undervalued. Just the fact that we chose the hundred as our first show. I love it. Well fucking said. So, yeah. I mean, we released the first review episode to like maybe what? 10 people. Yeah. 15 people. And now the interviews have been incredible. I mean, the journey that we've gone on just through season seven, but for the five of us with season, you know, all of us catching up season one through four, watching five, like six live and now seven live. Like what an absolute blast it has been. Getting to even talk to even a single actor on this show, whether it be someone that was in one single season or a mainstay for the entire show, it's been a fucking dream. I cannot, I wouldn't, if you told me a year ago, we would have talked to the people we talked to 
and and had the success we had, I would not have believed you at all. Yeah, I mean, like what two months ago we were ripping shots, getting ready to talk to Doctor Jackson. Like, yeah, what right? the fuck? Like, we've been watching this guy on TV for years, and now he's just in a Zoom chat with us, laughing. Crazy. Doing like I'm doing like jumping jacks. I'm so fucking nervous beforehand. <laughs> I'm trying to get some energy out before we fucking interview these guys. I do want to say this might not be the last episode of the hundred that we talk about. We're still kind of working on it in the in the you know background of binge town tv we may be making a maybe a little bit a couple weeks couple months down the road we might be revisiting our personal favorite episodes that we actually talked about earlier in this episode and maybe we'll do a recap of them for fun yeah and the first ever episode we'll do for fun Mm -hmm. and if we ever get interviews we're not going to say no Mm -hmm. honestly if you guys have any episodes you want us to do fucking send it over we will happily do that yep we love this fucking show and that is the episode man thanks for sticking with us while we recap this amazing show jimmy said it best we love it and we're so happy to share it with you guys and like Luke said, we may fuck around and podcast some random episodes of The 100 while we wait around for the green light for the prequel, which we better get. For now, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Thanks for listening and have the best day, week, month, year, ever. May we, we love you guys. May we meet again. Oh, you go and play. Stay hold on. <laughs>